Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tabletop Cyberpunk. My name is John John the Wise, and you are listening to the podcast about Cyberpunk 2020 and Red the Tabletop Games. Welcome, guys. We're here with another episode to talk about our favorite game and genre. That's right. This is a game made by Artel Sorian. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for listening. And I got to point you guys to the YouTube, John John the Wise, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and make sure you join our Discord so you can be part of a really cool community of Cyberpunk 2020 and Red and 2077 and other tabletop games and war games. We help people find games to play in. We help people create their campaign. And we're just a cool, fun, welcoming community just to, you know, cultivate this awesome cyberpunk love that we got going on so the link will be in the description you can also find the link anywhere on my twitch twitter youtube instagram everywhere it's all over the place all right hit me up all right hope you guys had a wonderful week today we're gonna have a quick war story to talk about my cyberpunk red beta part two where the boys are in austin texas the wise guys i'm gonna give you guys a little bit of insight talk about that And second of all, I would like to announce, if you don't already know, I have made a YouTube partner, which means that I have leveled up my YouTube. We have unlocked memberships. We've unlocked emojis for Super Chat and stuff like that. And really, it's just it's an awesome milestone. I'm really uh, happy, even though I don't sound like it. (laughs) No, I'm happy. Trust me. I'm ecstatic about it because... Never in a million years did I think that it would ever get to this level. I just wanted to make cyberpunk content for the community because I found a lack of it out there. And I just threw my hat in the ring to see if I could be one of those to help people. And I've gotten nothing but positive responses from the beginning. I'm still getting nothing but positivity from people. And it's really been an awesome, fulfilling journey for me. And it's thanks to people like you guys that have been helping me throughout this situation and wow i mean i don't know i'm kind of speechless about it and i cannot wait to see what's in the future for us because there's so much in the future for us and i just can't wait so yeah thank you guys thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast supporting the youtube and and just being a part of this whole thing i got more for you guys coming up so don't worry about that Alright, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about our Cyberpunk Red Beta. Well, I don't like calling it Beta because, you know what, it's pretty much the entire full rules. There doesn't feel like anything is missing. And I I know I say that on and on again if you guys have been watching the actual play that's on my YouTube channel or following along. I'm telling you, I've read the cyberpunk red beta rules that was sent to me by Artel Sorian, and i'm telling you there's not much missing i don't know what could be missing to be honest with you i can play a full epic campaign with the rules that they've given me right so before we started episode two or part two i looked at the reception for part one which was really positive everybody loved it everybody was saying thank you and it's fun and entertaining 
and stuff like that. And I also got a few not too negative responses. It, they were kind of like lukewarm negative. They weren't people. They weren't people talking shit. They weren't people, um, you know, criticizing completely in a negative way or telling me, "Hey, you suck. Stop doing what you're doing." There was nothing like that. But there was a few people that were upset that we weren't playing rules as written because they're tuning in to find out about the new rules, right? And I'm telling you that's a minority of people. But I thought about it, and even though they're a minority, I do feel that there is a little bit of validity to what they're saying because I feel like a special responsibility that I've been given to, you know, I'm the people's champ, guys. I'm, I'm a man of the people. So people are tuning in whether they like my channel or not. They're just tuning in so they could check out the rules and see what's coming up in the future. And they're anxious. You know, it's been 30 years, 25 years, whatever you want to call it, since we've had a new iteration of Cyberpunk. So I feel this like special responsibility to be doing things in a specific way where everyone can enjoy them. So. If you guys hadn't already tuned into part two of Cyberpunk Red, the uh, the beta rules with the wise guys, our Cyberpunk Red campaign, I decided that we are going to start playing rules as written as much as we can. And the reason I did that is because, first of all, we want to try out the system and see what it's like. Second of all, the community wants to see the rules. They want to know what is and isn't canon. And also, we're really enjoying the game as is, you know, we, we don't see any need to change anything or I mean, we can if we want to. And there is some homebrew involved. And at the end of the day, we're still going to be homebrewing very little, but we're trying to minimize it. We're really looking at the rules, looking at what we can and can't do within the rules. And if it's missing from the rule book, then we homebrew. But other than that. We're going straight from the book. All the enemies, all the weapons, all the mechanics, everything is straight from the book. The only time I go kind of off the book is when I'm, I'm trying to figure... Sometimes I'll do like a high-low roll. I'll roll a d10 or I'll do even odds for like a 50-50. If I need to make a decision, I'll just let the dice decide randomly. And that has I do that for every game. I did it for D&D. I did it for Cyberpunk. I did it for Rifts. It doesn't matter what tabletop game I'm playing. If I need to make a decision on the fly and it has nothing to do with the rules, it's just a decision I need to make, I'll usually roll a D10, a D6, something, just to die and see what the results are and let it influence my decision. And that has nothing to do with the rules. So that, But other than that, net running, combat, all that stuff, I mean, we're just going by the book. That's what we're doing. So if you guys are tuning in to our campaign and or you, you tuned out of it after the first one, um, you, yeah, that's what we're doing now. We're doing uh, rules as written. And we love it, dude. I mean, I got to tell you guys, Cyberpunk Red is awesome. We're seriously having a lot of fun playing it. The rules are great. Playing rules as written is no problem. I mean, combat is so good, man. It's so good. It's done so well. It feels like a war game, you know? And I've just gotten into 40K this year, Warhammer 40K, and I learned to appreciate that rule, heavy rules war gaming. 
because that's what Warhammer 40k is. There is no really, there there isn't much room for interpretation. They tell you how to do things. Every phase, every mechanic has its rules, and everybody follows the rules, and that's it. There might be confusion about some rules uh, because of whatever variables and factors, but for the most part, everything is written down. And I've learned to appreciate that because there is no there's no discussion or or misinterpretation of what you can and can't do in a situation. And when you have a set amount of rules that are laid down flat, you can actually be more tactical and learn your advantages and disadvantages and learn what you can and can't do. For example, you know, like the game, let's talk about the game of basketball. We know what the parameters are. The ball can't go outside of these lines. If you shoot a basket from behind this line, it's three points. Everywhere else, it's two points. And there's fouls. There's this and that. Since you know all the rules and all the rules have been laid out, now we can, we can create strategies. We can create positions. We can create uh, uh, tactics and stuff like that because there is no, there's no variable that can be thrown at us that would ruin the rules. And for Cyberpunk 2020, back in the day, a lot of people I've noticed have had to change things around because playing rules as written was really difficult to do, mostly because of whatever reasons, crunch, or they didn't like the way the rules are written, or they didn't understand the rules. And because of that, it cultivated this culture of people changing rules on the fly and if you play in my 2020 game and another guy's 2020 game it'll be vastly different vast vastly different and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but it also left a lot of things to interpretation and then it left people thinking okay well that's not my way of playing i don't like playing that way so i'm not going to play in that group and i can't find a group because they don't like to play the way that i play and that can happen with any RPG, but you don't want the mechanics to be the reason why you're not playing. You want it to be, you know, I don't like the people that are in the game. I don't like the uh, the group. I don't like the, the tone and and subjects that they're, they're talking about in the game. But th- that's normal stuff. You don't want to think about, oh, I don't like the way they layer armor. I don't like the restrictions on stats at character creation and stuff like that. It's just another way to deter you from a group. And I know that for the most part, that's not what would happen, but it's still a factor that was there with 2020. And it kind of, for new players, it was really confusing because they didn't, they would hear from people, oh yeah, no, I don't use cover in my game. Oh no, yeah, full auto, forget it. It's out of my game. Uh, Armor layering, no, no, forget it. You're not going to do armor layering in my game. And I'm one of those people too, you know? So uh, for a new player, they read the 2020 core rulebook they're like, okay, there's a lot of rules, but let me just go see if I can find a game. They find a game, and then all of a sudden, there's the the game master is telling them, oh yeah, all that stuff you read, just disregarded. This is what it's supposed to be in my game, and it's very confusing for new players. So red was a long time coming. You know, we needed something that would change everything and leave like a baseline. It's it's much like 8th edition Warhammer 40k. I know maybe some of you guys are not fans, but the jump from 7th edition to 8th edition Warhammer completely changed the game. 
It completely changed it, made it more palatable. They took out all the confusing stuff and they made like a beautiful baseline for the future. They 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 made it where this is this is what we're going to go by. This is our bible. And now from there we can increase the potential of our game. That's exactly what they did and that's why people like me have gotten back in gotten, gotten into the hobby. You know, I I say back into the hobby, but I wasn't really serious about it when I was uh, starting it in the early 2000s. I hadn't painted a single guy. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't say I'm back in the hobby. I'm back in the interest of the hobby because of the beautiful work that they did. And maybe I'm biased. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But I think Artel Sorian has done the same thing with Red. I think they've created this beautiful baseline where everything is in a row, character creation is beautiful, combat is beautiful, it's specific, it's easy to understand, it's not oversimplified, because that's a lot of what people were afraid of with the Jumpstart kit. People were afraid that, oh no, they took away hit locations, oh no, they did this, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, my whole game is destroyed 30 years down the drain, You know, there's going to be people like that, no matter what. There's going to be salty veterans that love 2020 and think that there's nothing wrong with it, even though the largest 2020 community is less than 5,000 people. To them, they don't see any problem with that. But in the modern day, with a company like Artel Sorian that wants to grow, that has CD Projekt backing them, that has all this marketing and hype behind them, they're shooting for the stars. They're shooting for you and your friend and your mom and your dad and your cousin and your brother and every sister loving person in the world to play their game. That's what they want. They don't they want to grow as a as a game, as a genre. They want it to blow up and get out there and be the success that it's supposed to be. And I'm telling you guys, with Red, I think they got one, man. I think they got one. I know I'm biased. I know. I know. This is what I do. I make cyberpunk videos. I have a cyberpunk channel. But I've played D&D. I've played 2020. I've played the Jumpstart Kit. I've played my own hybrid version of cyberpunk. They've all been fun. I've I've had a good time with all of them. But I've never been so excited to come back to the table as I have with Red. And... It's mostly to do with, I'll say my number one thing is the combat. I love the combat. I love the combat, man. If you guys check it out on my YouTube, I mean, we the first session, we start with combat. And line of sight and cover and movement and where you're going to be. Do you need to reload? Do, do you have line of sight on an enemy? Have they already shot? Melee doing twice, attacking twice with melee going through half of your armor. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. Called shots, it's it it changes the game and it makes it so combat is this um it's fun. It's it's actually fun and and some games when combat is going on, you're 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 just waiting for your turn. You're waiting to eldritch blast. That's what you're doing. You're like, "Okay, when can I do my eldritch blast and move on?" But in Cyberpunk, you're worried about what your teammates are doing. You're worried about where they're going to be. Now we have our Netrunner. Give you guys a little uh, how the sausage was made right here. Inside baseball, as they call it. Our Netrunner 
has four SP armor on his body and nothing on his head. Just to give you guys an idea, our solo has 11 SP armor, head and body. Okay? So, that I, I even told him, I was like, hey buddy, uh, I know that you're a net runner and you want to go with uh, the, the narrative aspect of it, but you're putting yourself in a really messed up situation like that. And he said, I know John. And I'm okay with it. This is what I want. I want to be the squishy net runner. The party has to protect me. And I'm going to be playing the support role as a net runner. Which, by the way, net running, oh my god, is so good. Anyway, but this, is not, this, is, this isn't an episode to break down uh, Cyberpunk Red because I was asked not to do that. I'm trying to be as ambiguous as possible. I don't want to talk about mechanics or anything like that. I'm just trying to give you guys my opinion because I want to. I have something to say. That's what I'm saying. So he told me he wanted to do that, and I was worried. I'm like, well, he's going to die. You know, what am I going to do? But because of the cover system and because of how combat has been put together and everything, there is actually a way for him to safely navigate combat while it's not completely safe it's still very dangerous for him with the support of his teammates and with tactical intuition and cover and all that stuff he can actually really protect himself and actually do something as a net runner and it leaves this this awesome edge to combat where you're like oh my god we gotta we gotta protect this guy and then at the at the same time he's doing things to help the party to help them with their combat as in a great supportive role. That's invaluable. Invaluable supportive role as a net runner. And I think that was the intention from the beginning with the net runner in 2020. I think from the beginning, they always wanted the net runner to be the guy that is like the wizard of the party that can that can uh that can navigate a part a universe, an alternate universe that they all know about called the net. But they don't know exactly how to get through it. All they know is how to check emails and their Facebook. But they don't know that you can go through an Arasaka database, extract some information, then sell it to the highest bidder and be rich beyond compare. That that kind of stuff is where the net runner comes in. So what I really wanted to say with all this stuff with uh, Red is I think we got a good one here, guys. And... There's so much potential for growth. There's so much potential for awesome splat books that will come out in the future that will just enhance the game, you know? And I think they've left a really cool baseline with Cyberpunk Red where people will be playing it for years and years just like they did with 2020. Which, by the way, if you don't think they have, look at 2020. It's been 30 years. There's still a community about it. Granted, yes. We've all come out of the woodwork. We've all pushed the rock away from our cave so we could peek out and look through the light because of Cyberpunk 2077 and the hype behind it. it yes, that's right. It's I, I get you on that. But that's regardless of the fact that they've done such a good job with this game. They could have messed it up. And I think that this game will last just as long as 2020 did. Maybe longer or or have the potential to at least. So big thank you to Artel Sorian for giving us this opportunity and I'm sure there 
they're worried whether sorry if you hear my son in the background he's he's mad that dad is not playing with him and doing the podcast that's how much i love you guys all right so big ups to artel sorian and uh you guys should all should be very proud of what you've done and i can't wait to see what you guys have in the future for us all right so now let's move on to talking about our actual uh war story let's talk about the cyberpunk red part two in austin texas it is labeled outside the storm the storm is a nightclub where the players have gone to visit because they heard that there's a nightclub and there's a rumor that the lab next to the nightclub has something to do with the disappearance of patrons of the nightclub that get too drunk, the bouncers pull them out, they kick them out of the club, and after that, they're never seen again. They're missing persons, right? So Biotechnica owns the lab next door. It's unclear who owns the nightclub, but they know that Biotechnica is trying to mess with the Nomad family, that they're trying to help out, and they have 24 hours to find out whatever information they can to get an edge to possibly stop Biotechnica from what they're doing and and keep them away from the archaeological archaeological site called the Galt site 40 miles north of Austin, Texas where the Nomad family has their an entrenchment a fort whatever you want to call it they're protecting that site and Biotechnica got all the permits and everything they need. The city's like, yeah, sure, it's yours. Even though for years it's been this nomad families, we'll inexplicably all of a sudden just give it to you, Biotechnica, because that's just how it goes, right? So the players, my, my idea, I'll tell you guys what my idea was. My idea was the players would eventually investigate <clears throat> go into the nightclub, talk to some patrons. I even had ideas of what kind of patrons were in there, what kind of rumors they had going around. I had a whole net running architecture in the in the bar and all that. I was hoping they would go there to learn some information and then eventually make it to the lab where they would have this epic battle with a robot that is being controlled by a demon from my 2020 players out there you guys know what demons are it's pretty much like a dummy ai that can take care of an architecture by itself it's like a net runner except it's entrenched in this net architecture and it stays there and it can all it's very limited to what it can do but it is in complete control of this so when a net runner comes they're on the demon's turf so they're going to battle this demon that is controlling turrets and a battle robot and in this lab, right? Well, these guys, they see one of the patrons get pulled out of the nightclub, get pulled out into an alley, and immediately they go to investigate, and they get into a scuffle with these guys. Guns drawn, attacking, bullets. Uh, freaking Barry Ruth punches the guy in the face, critically punches the guy in the face, br- cracks his skull with a punch breaks it cracks his skull which i mean those critical injury tables amazing amazing so that left a really cool narrative and now it's like oh this is more serious now because you just almost killed this guy with one punch and his buddies just saw that 
and now they got their guns out and now it's a two on three situation because the other two players are checking out something else on the corner of the street they hear the gunshots they hear the screaming they go and they assist and now it's a hole to do on that street now they got to get the hell out of there because the cops are coming more corporate goons are coming they're like the 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 bouncers of the nightclub they come out they get their guns out they kick everyone out of the club they say, everybody get out of here. We got to figure out what the hell just happened. We heard gunshots. They go back in the alley. The players have already run away. They got in their car. Uh, before they got in their car, Sam Ectoplasm, our resident rocker boy, starts a little riot outside of the nightclub with all the patrons. Because, you know, when you kick people out of a nightclub, they don't just get in their car and leave. They hang out. They smoke cigarettes. They drink smash. They just chill outside, you know, until somebody really tells them to leave. Either with the police, they come and say, hey, all right, you guys got to clear out of here or something, you know, because they just they wanted a party and they're not going to stop partying just because you kicked them out. So Sam goes to that crowd of people. He fails the first time on his rocker boy ability, which is a little bit different, actually a lot different now in red. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to get into mechanics, but basically he had to roll past the special difficulty value for a huge group of people. He failed. Then he kind of buddy-buddied with a small group of people, had a chat with them, and then passed his test to get them to riot. They rioted. They pulled out their guns. They start shooting at the bouncers. The bouncers start shooting at them. And then the players leave, right? So they left. They they totally derailed my my idea they weren't supposed to do that they were supposed to go into the lab after going into the nightclub and talk to this uh and figure out what the hell's going on in the lab and then have this cool combat encounter with uh with a demon and stuff like that and that's not what happened they caused a commotion they caused the riot the police were called the police came with body bags because there's three dead bouncers in the alley one dead corp guy in the or not corp like preppy kid uh in the streets and and that's it they they were just it was just the whole thing and they leave with some agents that they uh, they took off of the bouncers that they killed in the alley they start black adder or netrunner starts hacking the agents while they're in the car and trying to figure out any information they can and then their nomad contact calls them and says hey what's going on did you guys figure out what's going on in the lab and they're like well you know, we kind of got into a situation and he's like, come on, man, go to the lab, you know, because I I am the NPC. So through the NPC, I'm telling the players, hey, dickheads, get back over there. There's still more to do. <laughs> so they said, all right, we'll go back after a few hours. They go back after a couple hours. The cops are still there. Coroners, there, moving bodies, this and that. Then they leave. They say, all right, we'll come back an hour later. They come back an hour later, and it's completely cleared out. Suspension of disbelief. If there's a murder on the streets today in our world, there would be helicopters, FBI, cops, chalk outlines. That whole area is cordoned off for like three days. You can't even go there, right? But I suppose that in the dark future... Stuff like this happens all the time. The police are spread thin, so they'll come, they'll clean up, they'll take some pictures, they'll take some, uh, they'll take some testimony from people around, and then they go on with their business and let some kind of 
police AI figure out whether this is something that they should investigate or not, or chalk it up to whatever happens on the streets, stay on the streets, right? That's how bad it is in the in the dark future. That's how grim it is. The police will come, they'll come when it's too late, and then subsequently they won't do much about anything and the consequences will be minimal. Especially if they hear that there was a gunfight and two parties were shooting each other, to the cops they're like, "All right, problem solved. They're figuring it out. We don't have to figure anything out. They got a gun, he's got a gun, they've got a gun. They're shooting each other. Sounds like a personal problem." That's how the cops see it, right? So that's my philosophy on why the the street was cleared out 3 hours after a gunfight, right? So they come back and then they finally get into the lab, they check it out, they they put black adder on the roof. They think they got all the passwords. They get in and all of a sudden this robot gets hostile on them and they're like, "What do you mean? We have the badges. We have everything. We got in through the door and it was it, it let us in and then all of a sudden it changed its demeanor and said, "Give me the new password." And they're telling the netrunner, "What the hell's going on here? Why why isn't why isn't this working?" And he said, "I don't know. I put in the password. Let me let me do a library search." And he figures out that the password has been changed one second ago. That's what the notification says. Which means that there's something within this architecture that is changing things. Which is very unprecedented. Because that would mean there's either a net runner there doing that or there's some kind of glitch. Because within whatever we understand within the net, things cannot be changed unless you're an admin or or pretty much you got to be a human being there to do it and the only human being there was black adder and he didn't change anything so that's a new mystery that the players had to come up with they had to figure out on the spot but really their first issue is now they got to get the hell out of that lab alive because this robot is is blasted is about to blast and that's where we ended our session so the lesson is, even though the players derail the story, there is a way to get them back on the rails without completely ruining the whole situation. I let them have their combat in the alley with those guys. They picked up those agents off of those guys and hacked it and found some passwords. That was not in my notes. None of that stuff was in my notes. I told you guys. I had a whole idea where they'd go into the bar, talk to some people, then make their way into the lab somehow. Well, these guys didn't even go to the bar. They ha got into a combat situation right away and got the hell out of there with some information. So things were didn't go as planned, of course. And I jokingly told them, like, hey, thanks, guys, for derailing my story. Jeez. And uh, really, it was just a lesson in having to think on your feet and figuring out a way to put the story back on track Without it feeling like it's too much of a railroad. I still gave them player agency. I merely suggested that they go back and figure out what's going on in the lab. I, I, I had the their NPC uh, connect, connect with the nomads. Say, please, the lab is the key. Another person has been abducted. And blah, blah, blah. So, <clears throat> oh no, they found out that the person was abducted was taken to that lab. So they're hoping that... They can figure out what's going on in the lab, number one. So this is the mystery that they're trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out, one, why the Nomad family 
is under attack by an unknown party, which they think it's Biotechnica. All all evidence points to that, but they don't have concrete evidence. It's not like they can go to a judge and say, see, look, this is it. This is all Biotechnica. It's all circumstantial. And I mean, come on, Biotechnica has a reputation, right? So who, who are they going to believe? So they're trying to figure out why supposedly, uh, allegedly Biotechnica is trying to kidnap people and why people are missing. Is Biotechnica involved? Probably. What are they going to do about Biotechnica coming to their archaeological site and taking over? They said they're going to come with force. That means they're coming with weapons and solos and security and, and, and all kinds of nasty stuff that the Nomad family cannot handle. They're a bunch of scholars, all right? They're, they're academic, academic people. They, they use guns because it's a dark future, but they're not a bunch of killers, right? So they're not, they're not ready for something like that. That's why they called the players. And then now there's a new mystery. How did this lab change its passwords immediately out of nowhere without another Netrunner being involved? Because if there was another Netrunner, then that means that they're nearby connected to the node, but they don't see anybody nearby. There is nobody nearby. And that's, the mis that's another mystery that I added onto it, which while I was driving in traffic, I figured it out. <laughs> so that, that's, that's where I get most of my ideas. Shower and traffic. You're just sitting there with your own thoughts. You come up with ideas, right? So that's it. We're really, really just loving Cyberpunk Red. We cannot wait to go back in and explore it and figure out what we can do. I'm trying to, to fabricate some encounters and situations that will uh, show off the rules that will give you guys a way to check out the rules and see what they're potentially about like for example the first session i was going to have a whole i had this whole map for a vehicle combat and in the first turn of vehicle combat the players just destroyed the car or had them crash so vehicle combat was like five seconds it was not what i, I had planned so unfortunately, I wasn't able to completely explore vehicle combat. I'm sure we will in the future. But I did want to explore the whole demon and net architecture and stuff like that. So that's what we're doing. And I cannot wait to do that. Also, I will mention that we did make some mistakes. Mistakes did happen in the second session and the first session. And people have hit me up on... Uh, uh, somebody hit me up on Reddit asking me specific questions in a very respectful manner. And because of that, I will respectfully have an addendum at the beginning of our third session where I will talk about the stuff that we messed up on. And from then on, we'll be correcting them. So there's that. Well, I greatly appreciate it. I love it when people just, there's no, there's no issue with that. You know, someone wants to find out the rules and they want to ask me questions. It's all good. I'm fine with that. As long as they're respectful and cool, just be cool, man. You know what I mean? Some people are a little too uh, aggressive or negative. I don't know what to call it, but yeah, that's the situation. Man, you guys are going to love Cyberpunk Red. I know it. I just know it. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. We went a little bit longer than usual, and I just want to thank you guys so much for being a part of this awesome, awesome time of cyberpunk we'll see you on the next one much love hit me up on 
johnjohnthewise at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, or on Discord, or anywhere else on social media. If you guys want to learn more about Cyberpunk Red, let me know. I'll tell you what I can without giving away too much. All right? Take care, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.